In the rugged and remote Taranaki region of New Zealand runs the Waimeti Stream and the isolated Manuka Forests, home to the bees that produce some of the most natural, pure Manuka honey in the world. Manuka honey is a great daily immune booster, digestive remedy and an anti-inflammatory. It's also a great alternative to sugar and a powerful ingredient for longevity. Waimeti honey is a high-quality New Zealand Manuka honey now available in Australia at Woolworths right around the country. And even better, every time you buy Waimeti honey, 10% of your purchase goes towards the regeneration of hive numbers to increase the world bee population. More honey, more healing, and more health for humanity. Waimeti honey. Find it now in Woolworths stores right around Australia. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Damien Christoph and Dr. Brett Hill. Hey, Brett. Hey, Damo. What are you working on at the moment, mate? Well, I'm working on a few things, Damo. I'm writing a book, but what I've just finished working on is my Art of Natural Running e-course, ah. and I'm really excited about it. So, you know, I've been going around Australia doing this uh, this live course where I was teaching people how to run naturally, and uh, and what I realized was that I couldn't get around to everybody uh, and that it was hard to get around to everybody all around Australia and even outside of Australia, people who wanted to learn about how to run naturally and how to run it more easily, how to make it more fun and how to get less injuries. And so I decided to put it all together into an e-course, which is about five and a half hours worth of video content. Oh, far out. That's unbelievable. Where do people find it? So they can find it at theartofnaturalrunning.com and they'll be able to hear not just from me, but from experts like Danny Dreyer from Chi Running. We've got Kim Morrison. We've got Kelly Starrett from Mobility Ward. And we've even got a guy called The Barefoot Podiatrist, who's my favorite. Good bloke. Okay. So theartofnaturalrunning.com. Hi, this is David Christoph. And this is Brett Hill. Brett, Brett, Brett. This is one of the more exciting podcasts we've done in the last seven years, for me at least. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. You know, I was actually thinking as we were doing this podcast that this is probably the podcast we've done in the last seven years that I'm most proud of. Mm, um, it, it's just such an important story and such an important message and something that personally resonated with me so much. Like I, I felt like I got a whole bunch of ahas listening into this episode. And I think as you said at the start, you kind of get there and you think, why didn't we do this one seven years ago? What were we thinking? So, it's a fantastic episode. It's a fantastic insight into what we've been missing out on uh, with our local indigenous culture and what we can learn from that history and tradition of one of the oldest living cultures on the planet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when we were, you know, first looking at doing this interview, we were thinking, oh, this is just going to be an indigenous yoga or this is going to be an indigenous approach to a healthy eating diet or this will be an indigenous approach to exercising better you know, the, the learn the art of natural running, something like that, you know. But this was so much more than that, wasn't it? Well, I think it probably is an Indigenous approach to all of those things. But what, what we, I guess, learned during the episode is that an Indigenous approach to all of those things doesn't involve looking at any of those things in isolation. They, they have such a more holistic view of the world and of the planet than perhaps people in non-Indigenous cultures do. And I think there's just so much we can learn from that. It's huge. Agreed. Agreed. I, um, yeah, I don't want to say too much more, but um, other than to say that if people love this, then go over to yapa.com. So it's yapa, W A Y A P A 
www.jamieandsarahmusic.com. Check out the information from Jamie and Sarah. They've done a great job at setting this thing up. Um, it's something that I think that anybody listening to The Wellness Guys um, could and should, I reckon, resonate with well. Um, it's certainly a part of wellness that I believe is missing uh, in Australian wellness and particularly the Australian wellness scene. So head on over to wayapper.com to get more information. What do you reckon, Bredo? Yeah, let's get into this episode. I think people are going to love it. G'day, Damo. How are you, mate? I'm excellent, mate. And I have to tell you, I'm really excited that we're joined today by Jamie Thomas, uh, who's the founder of wayapper.com, which is an unbelievable movement um, helping people in Australia understand about wellness with an Indigenous, um, I suppose, approach. So, Jamie, it's really great to have you join us on the Wellness Guy Show. Thanks for taking time out today. Great. Thanks, uh, Damien and Brett. I like to say that I'm going to talk to you about the Wellness Guy I'd like to pay my respects to ancestors uh, past, to elders present and emerging. And, yeah, just to um, say thanks so much for having us on your show. Uh, it's our pleasure, Jamie. It really is great. And we, we spoke off air just before, and I, uh, I spoke about a number of things. I spoke about my disappointment um, that we haven't had Indigenous uh, wellness on our podcast to this point, uh, and that's nearly seven years. So that was... Um, it's disappointing, but at the same time, we're very, very excited to have you as part of our podcast today, and, and it's really great because hopefully that sets a, a movement going forward. And then the other thing is that I spoke about is that we're very unaware as Australians um, as to how to pay respects to our Indigenous culture. So thank you for starting our podcast with your words and paying respect to you know past, um, present, and future uh, people. So it's, uh, it's wonderful. Jamie, um, how did you get to be doing what it is that you're doing? Uh, look, it's, uh, it's uh, it is as as with most stories, it's a long story. But uh, I guess respectfully, it was when I, I approached Sarah, who um, was uh, to be my business partner at the time and was now my life partner, um, about wanting to do uh, mentoring with young Indigenous uh, kids. Uh, that's my passion, as you probably see. If you go into our our website, uh, we have to, to we have a foundation, we have a business, and. Basically, Sarah said to me, well, how are you going to fund that? And I said, well, you're going to write submissions to the government for me. And she just sort of laughed in jest and said, oh, we need to find something more sustainable. You know, what can you do? What can you generate to create uh, an income for that foundation? And we, we, we had a, a numerous conversations around about it. And then I showed her a practice that I sort of started about 15, 16 years ago with uh, young Indigenous kids, which was about just reconnecting them mindfully back to the earth and uh, back to themselves and focusing on you know some some old concepts of connectivity and turned it into a bit of a movement practice because I was teaching traditional dance at the time and this was just a way to reset their kids before they started to do their their dance practices and I guess it was you know at the time I, I'd never done any of the other modalities like you know tai chi or qigong or yoga or anything like that I was wasn't I was aware that they existed but I didn't really understand them and when I showed Sarah she was just like oh my goodness that's just, you know, it's next level modality stuff because it's holistic in a sense that it is about observing our environments and that's the thing that sustains us. So, you know, it was a, it was something that started organically, you know, 16 or so years ago and then really in only the last probably three years is when, when Sarah did all the hard work and got the, the modality accredited with the double ICT and, um, you know, having it grown into a, a modality where we actually are now have pra uh, practitioners who are accredited to become instructors, um, you know, so we're, we're shining new, but in 18 months we've uh, we've got 
I think the last count was with the eight people, something like 54 instructors currently dotted around not just Victoria but Australia. Jamie, it's such a fantastic thing you're doing and, and we absolutely love it and want to support it. And and you've used the word there several times, you know, disconnection and reconnection. And it does seem that there is a big disconnection with Indigenous cultures uh, in terms of their their health, but also, as you said, sort of in terms of their connection to their past and their history and wisdom and traditions. And so... Um, you know, I think it's a really important thing for us to reconnect, not only for Indigenous cultures, but for what they can then teach everyone else about, you know, health and life and our planet, which I think is so important. So, you know, you've got your own story around that, Jamie, of sort of your own disconnection. I'd love us to start there and tell us a little bit about your journey and your history and, and how you sort of got disconnected and then reconnected. Yeah, I think, thanks, Brett. I think from from my perspective, it was around with my original identity. Uh, I grew up, you know, with community for a bit when I was younger. My mum's non-Aboriginal. Uh, we drifted away from community when I was about six. And I didn't, you know, I was grateful to actually have connection with, with the natural environment. I grew up in far east Gippsland of Victoria, which was, you know, rainforests and mountain ash forests. And so I was very connected to my, my natural environment, but it was disconnected from my from my Aboriginal community for a few years. And it wasn't until sort of 15, 16 when I started to reconnect. Um, but the, bigger, the biggest thing for me was with my culture was, you know, I started to relearn my language and my dance and my ceremony over the years. But probably one of the biggest things that I was, was really sort of, you know, struck me was that, was I practicing sustainability in a way of my ancestors did? And, you know, when we look at our environments, that's the very thing that sustains us physically. So when I look at ancient cultures, especially Australian Aboriginal people, one of the oldest continuing living cultures on the planet, you know, they were only that because they lived within the constraints of their natural environment. So if you respect your environment and look after it, then in turn, you know, you as a as a race or as a culture will be sustained for long periods of time. And I wasn't doing that, you know. I went through a period of very, very much materialism and consumerism. And uh, I think through that there was a, you know, a, a holistic disconnection from from self, from spirit, uh, you know, psychologically and understanding that, you know, what wellness really looked at, looked looked like, which was, you know, when you actually draw back from all that and look at the things that are most important to you and and make those changes, those subtle changes, or sometimes they're massive changes. You know, I mean, I grew up always wanting a V8 motor car and, you know, I, had a, I bought a V8 motor car and I was like, well, this isn't sustainable. So, you know, I, I, I got a Toyota hybrid now, but, you know, it's about looking at, you know, what your ego and what you, what yourself want, but then how can you balance that out? So instead of buying you know, um, a new suit every time there's an event on, um, you know, using the, wearing the same suit. So, you know, like, do we need to look differently every time we go out? We can still, you know. So I guess it's, you know, there's, it's the, the conversation of Wayapa is so vast. It's so, it's going to be taken into so many different directions and so many different well-being aspects from, you know, mind, body, spirit. But as we say in Wayapa, it all comes back to your environment, back to earth. So, 
you know, it's changed me in a sense that it's challenged me, but in a good way where I actually feel like my choices that I make today from organic food, you know, from being connected to my food, understanding where my food comes from to my choices of clothing I buy, you know, I really am mindful about, you know, eco-friendly clothing lines, you know, all those conversations. I feel good because I feel, you know, I'm doing something to contribute to generations to come because I'm making not just personal decisions about my my lifestyle, but I'm encouraging other people to, you know, do that as well, which is which is amazing, amazing journey so far. Absolutely. It, it's, it sounds um, very comprehensive, Jamie, because I, I, I don't know if you've ever looked at Instagram before. Um, I started looking recently. Uh, but what I've, what I've noticed about Instagram um, and its portrayal of wellness is that it doesn't necessarily take into consideration your environment. And when they talk about environment, they tend to make it about the self. So they talk about the environment on your skin, the environment in your gut, or the environment in mm-hmm. your head, but not the environment that you live in. Um, and mm. I think one of the, you know, the more beautiful things that the Aboriginal people have always told uh, Australians, like all Australians to do is to respect their environment. And and you bring it now into a wellness conversation, which I really love. It's, it's quite unique. Um, yeah. It's, it, it, it is definitely it's almost unique to the Aboriginal people. But is it something that's been missing for everybody? Is it? Do you think it's something that everyone needs to really tap back into significantly? Oh, absolutely. And the thing, the thing that I say, um, Damien, is that at some point, and one of my elders, one of my elders, we had a, a great conversation many years ago, and he said we talked about the state of the planet, and we talked about you know his exploration to Mars and all that, and he said, look. The problem is that people at, at one stage of evolution, all people on the planet, regardless of where you come from, lived in harmony with nature. You know, it doesn't matter if you're from Europe or from Africa or from Asian countries. Like at one stage, people on the planet, you know, it might have been 17,000 years ago, but people lived in harmony and in tune with the seasons and the cycles and the you know, the actual, uh, the patterns of, of the earth. It's just over time people have removed themselves from that relationship, from understanding that we we can and do, and even more so presently, have a massive impact on the very thing that sustains us. And what we've found with WIAPA is that this is why it's, you know, it's such an exciting time because even though it's been developed by an Australian Indigenous person, me, it's it's relevant and has, has relevant to all cultures and all human beings. So as an earth connection practice, it's about if we can get people to connect to their environment, then they'll be more likely to want to make decisions about, you know, their own personal health, but also the the health of their environment, which is all interconnected. And I think the problem is that people often put things into categories all the time where a rainforest over here or a beach here or a desert here or a urban area here or a city area here when they're all interconnected. And we, we often don't think about that. So if you're in a rainforest, you see one bit of paper and you go, oh, my goodness, that's disgraceful, I'll pick it up. But when you go to a city or an urban environment, you see rubbish everywhere, you're disconnected from that. So you tend to go, I won't worry about it, as opposed to saying, well, I'll pick up this one piece. You know, like it's about getting people to think about the interconnectivity of both the environment and and that we're actually a very integral part of that so that's the thing for me i suppose is that yes it's a, an, an indigenous an australian indigenous philosophy 
But from humans, you know, we we all had this at some stage. So it's about reconnecting people back to that relationship with those seasons, those cycles, that environment. Oh, I love this so much, Jamie. I just I resonate so much with everything you're saying. It's it's almost making me feel emotional hearing you say it because it just makes so much sense. And uh, and I've often spoken to people about this, and there does seem to be a real disconnection there. But I, I find even a disconnection between people who do understand the importance of the environment that they don't always then make that correlation about themselves as being part of that ecosystem. They don't necessarily think about their body in the same way when we talk about wellness. It's almost like the the environment and nature is something that's out there and we're yes. something that's totally and completely different to that. Um, yes. Do you find that there's still that disconnection there, even when they understand the importance of nature and the environment, that they don't necessarily see themselves as being part of that? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and that's the difference, I suppose, you know, one of the things that we say is that, you know, the the, the challenging and the changing of, of ego, you know, understanding that, take the G out and replace it with the C and make it eco, is that we're all a part of the ecology and it's only the G that separates us for our ego. So, you know, once we can understand that, I think that going forward as a as a human as a human race, and you know, I was having a conversation on a podcast the other day about people having a conversation about you know the humans and the earth that have this interdependent relationship, and I say actually we don't. We only we're the ones that are dependent on the earth. The earth isn't dependent on us. As a matter of fact, it would probably be a lot more healthier without us being here. <laughs> We're probably the only species on the planet that actually destroys the very the environment, the very thing that sustains us. So, you know, I think that what we've bought, what we've done with Wyapa is we've taken a wellness, we've taken the wellness industry and and the environmental movement and the sustainability industry and we've combined them together because again they're not separate. You know, they're, they're, they're all – and when people can understand that, that everything is connected, everything is Wayapa, then that will, then will people start to truly understand that their well-being is the stuff that they think. It is the stuff that they eat. It is the environment that they place themselves in is that is what creates well, well wellness for ourselves. Yeah, it's so nice, Jamie. So it's kind of like a – it's a it's a check in. It's an it's the opportunity to check in to get grounded again, connected to the earth. Just ask questions. You know, what do I really need? What do I need to offer? What do I need to be doing to help my environment? That's kind of what you're offering, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and 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 that's why we always, you know, that's why we always say, you know, it's the same as you know with anything in life. You know, it doesn't mean you know Australian Aboriginal people, you know, they they were consumers of, of the natural world, but it was that it's you know it's the same as our cultures that did that was was you know do I need it? Often, you know, the answer is no, I don't need it. Okay, do I want it? Yes, I want it. Why do I want it? So checking in with why you want that, want that, and then okay, well, what's the best option or best way of getting that? So, as opposed to just mindlessly consuming our environment, as putting yourself through those conversations is what we believe will help people start to make. The, the necessary changes in their life to, you know, because Wyapa is about not just wellness for ourselves now, but it's about generational wellness. So 
Indigenous people thought about, you know, the decisions we make today should be for seven generations ahead. So if we sit here and talk about, oh, you know, say if you've got children or nieces or nephews, well, what do you want for them? Oh, I want them to have clean air and fresh water and healthy food. Okay, that's good. You know, I had a conversation with a guy a few months ago and he said, well, I don't really care what's what's going to happen in 100 years. I won't be here. I said, yeah, but you're going to have, de- you're going to have descendants here. I said, what if I could go forward, you know, five generations and bring back your family member and, you know, would you be answerable to the environment that you left behind for them? And he went, oh, yeah, never thought about that. <laughs> so, you know, it's actually about generational wellness that we're talking about here. It's, it's. I love the I love the saying, you know, a wise man plants a tree for the shade that he'll never feel. And that's what WIAPA is about, you know, is that making sure that we, you know, we're well now, but, you know, in a, in a, in a thousand years time, are we going to be able to put our hands on our hearts and say, you know, our, and, you know, the, the people who descend from us are going to have a healthy water system, you know, a healthy, healthy food site source. Those are the things that we need to start thinking about and, and being mindful about. It's so great, Jamie. I'm just going to follow on from that question. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kicking Brett off the air here for a second, Jamie. We're just, <laughs> just loving it. Um, when I studied uh, chiropractic over in New Zealand, we were very connected to the Māori uh, culture, and we had to learn the language. We had to learn uh, greetings. Went to the Marae and did prayers. Um, we did all kinds of different things to, you know, kind of give us a respect for New Zealand and New Zealand culture, which is very entrenched in the Māori culture. Uh, they spoke about. Um, pillars and so the marae which is the place where they all go to visit is built on pillars so there's four pillars and then there's a backbone and the backbone um, of the marae is the spirit um, which i think is you know profound and so you've got a roof that over you know shadows or you know creates um, shelter for anybody under the marae and then there's pillars of health um, from you know um including spirituality and family and finance and all of those sorts of things. Mm. And I love that uh, what you're bringing back into this is spirit because from a wellness perspective in our industry, we think about yoga and we think about Mm. food and we think about exercise and we think about all Mm. those sorts of things. But this absolute connectedness is, uh, is where I think we need to be going. I think it's great. Yeah, because when when the thing that was was interesting for me, we went to Sarah took me to I'd never been to one to a mind body spirit festival, and I was like, oh cool, okay, we're going to check it out. And then when we walked through the door, because I said, well, what's this about? She said it's about well being, and I said, well, again, I said they're missing a very key word there, which is earth and environment. It should be earth, mind, body, spirit. And then when we started to talk to people about spirit, you know, what is that? What is what is soul? What is life force? And you know, so when we actually the two things that we talk about, not just within Waiapa, but also within the work that we do with people and um, supporting people is that, you know, it's, you know, the two two fundamental things we talk about are to, to be well often from a from a, a mind perspective and a spirit perspective is that you have to have a, a sense of a sense of purpose in life. So what's my purpose here? And also, you know, the connection, what connections do I have to make that purpose meaningful? And when you, when you have those things from a, from a spirit and, you know, from a mind perspective, then you feel good about yourself. So your spirit, your, your energy, your life force starts to radiate and starts to be well. So when you're connected in with your environment, 
that true connection when you actually go out, leave your phone at home, go out for a walk, and you know you for not would these days you're forced to look around your environment because you're not looking forced to look at your phone. You start to take a whole appreciation. And, you know, like with anybody, you ask anybody, well, when you're actually out there looking at that tree or, you know, touching that tree, having gratitude for it, you start to feel this over, overwhelming sense of, uh, of well-being because that's your spirit connecting in. And, you know, it's that, you know, we talk about quantum physics in WIAPA and talk about how everything is energy and how everything is connected. So that positive energy of that tree or that natural environment is it does it makes you feel well so definitely spirit spirit is something that needs to be you know put back on the table like you said as opposed to just dealing with counseling for your psychology or your you know you know medication or or, or movement for your physiology for your for your body so definitely you know hooking in spirit there uh, for your well-being and then obviously connecting all those three to earth is is what we believe WIAPA can assist people with uh, yeah, in that space I love it. I love it, Jamie. And I think what you're touching on here is something we talk about a lot on the Wellness Guys show, which is helping people find their why and helping people find their purpose and, and having a purpose that's greater than yourself. You know, And, and I yes. think what you're talking about here is this concept of you know not just being wellness for yourself, but being wellness for your planet. And not just wellness for your planet now, but wellness for your planet for the generations to come. I mean, it's easy to see how this helps people develop a much yes. bigger and a much stronger why and a much bigger and a much stronger purpose, which I think is so important for people in their lives and in their health and well-being to have that greater purpose. You know, is is that what you're seeing when you really are able to connect people to that bigger purpose? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and also when you actually start to see, you get people connected in to understand that the earth isn't an inanimate object, that it's actually a living, breathing organism. It is our mother. It provides for us in that, in that metaphorical sense. You know, we talk about mother earth, but it does as a, as a mother does provides for, for us. And, and when you start to get to people understand is that, look, we won't destroy the planet. That's the one, another big misconception that people talk about is the destruction of the planet. We'll destroy species, and we have, but at the end of the day, we'll destroy ourselves before we destroy the planet. The planet will reclaim a space. It'll, it'll evolve. Other things will come forward. I always have a little, a little jest and say there'll be cockroaches driving around in these Ferraris saying they had their chance, they had their chance. You know. So, again, when you put it into that context as humans and take ego out of it and say this is about the preservation, not of the planet, but of, of our species as humans, and that's the irony of it is that Homo sapien is supposed to mean intelligent or smart person as opposed to homo erectus so you know we need to start <laughs> cashing in on that you know those words come on you know we need to reconnect so i think that yeah i think this is what's been great about the conversations that we have uh as as wiapa uh, you know practitioners and that's the other thing is that once you when you subscribe to it it becomes a lifestyle because it doesn't doesn't mean you just get up and you do a meditation or you just do a, a physical practice. It, you actually start to look at your whole life from the moment you wake up. How can I how can I change my own life patterns? Uh, how can I have conversations with other people to encourage? Because I think one of the biggest things that we we teach in Wiper is that there's no judgment. 
in your lifestyle because I think that that's very dangerous when you start saying, oh, well, I drive an electric car, you don't. Uh, I buy organic food, you don't. You know, we say to people, you know, you encourage people to make choices that they're comfortable with, but, you know, encouraging people to constantly challenge themselves to grow into that well-being space of how they interact with their environment. So imagine if, you know, we carry a backpack around now that's sustainably made and in that backpack is a keep cup, uh, a metal straw, bamboo cutlery, you know, and and a and a, um, a water bottle. So you know, those four things. Imagine if that was all those things were eradicated on the planet. You know, we carry a, a string, a shopping bag in a backpack. You know, imagine if those those things were replaced on the planet, just automatically, instantaneously. How much, how beneficial the Earth would be. But we don't. You know, people just buy a keep cup. That's great. You know, you don't. You know. Um, so it's about, you know, encouraging people as opposed to judging people. And I think that that's where you get the most change as well is when you, you, you allow people to sit in their own space and, and make those, those adjustments according to how they want to. And Jamie, that's kind of a nice segue into the next question I want to ask. And I'm almost reluctant to ask this question because it's been <laughs> such a fantastic, positive, powerful episode. But but I really want to uh, get an idea around how this is how this program has been perceived by people in Australia, particularly I guess non-indigenous people. Because you know I think we've come a long way in terms of understanding and respecting indigenous cultures, uh, but I still think we've got a long way to go. And I still think there are people out there who sometimes will look at and perceive Indigenous cultures as being somehow not as advanced or, or not as developed or, you know, all these sort of things, which, you know, my yeah. answer to that is always, that's crazy. You know, these are people who <laughs> live, you know, yes. for the longest amount of time of any culture yeah. on the planet and we're yes. able to do it in harmony with the planet. That seems like an incredibly intelligent, yes. evolved thing to be able exactly. to do. Exactly. But yeah. I'd love to know how it has been received and how, what, how you've, what you've come across in terms of uh, uh, criticism and, and you know, uh, challenges to this program and how you've been able to work through and overcome those as well. Yeah, look, it's been one of the journey. The journey of it has always been around, you know, making sure that the, the cultural integrity um, of, of sharing, you know, we, we the thing is with WIAPA is it actually it's the philosophy of earth connectivity first and foremost. So the three ways we teach WIAPA is about environment. So it's about the environment that sustains us. It's about our own personal stories and it's about cultural stories. And I think from, from non-Aboriginal people, and it's like anything in this space, that there'll always be, you know, that that resistance as to oh that's them this is us and you know that's why we say it's an earth connection practice because straight away it puts everybody on the same platform to say you take race culture color creed out of it we're humans we have more in common than we have differences and you know and exactly like you said is that you know when we talk about evolution you know and we talk about cultures that are supposedly evolved you know surely the the measurement of an intelligent culture is exactly like you said is that one that is sustainable in its own environment for the longest period of time now i had a conversation with someone the other day and yeah they ignorantly said oh, but you never even vented the wheel and i said uh because we didn't need one 
Like, you know, it's like we were fine without it. Like, you know, it was like, and he's like, oh, it's a good point, you know. But, you know, so I think, you know, that that whole that that whole conversation, you know. But then also, I think with um with the stories that are being shared finally about the the intelligence of Indigenous people and their their connectivity and what the benefits of having that connectivity can do for you, uh, I think that those, you know, we we teach the philosophies and we teach the concepts of connectivity from an Indigenous base. You know, occasionally I'll share, I'll share a cultural story, but at the end of the day, it's actually just about saying to people, you know, Aboriginal Australians, um, the First Peoples here, just like all cultures on the planet, Indigenous uh, or otherwise, you know, it was about having that direct connection and understanding. And I think that, you know, there, there'll always be some level, you know, of resistance because of the history of this country. But I think that, you know, by and large, it's been, you know, especially with non-Aboriginal people, it actually has been well received because finally, like you were saying before, was finally there's a there's a there's an access point for people. And, you know, when people do this, we say, oh, it doesn't give you, you know, it doesn't give you all this, like there's no magic door that opens up and gives you this information about Aboriginal people in its whole, but it gives you an understanding and the insight what it, for Aboriginal people about our environment and why it's so important to us. And then when people start to do that, they start to go, oh, now I get it. Right. Okay. And then that that builds on the conversations, and it encourages people to start. You know, I guess that journey of uh, of knowledge seeking. Well, what more can I do? Where else can I go? What else is available? That's what this really is. It's a conversation point. But you know, for people who are, are wanting to understand Indigenous philosophies. And Jamie, I'm going to hog some questions here. I know Damo is itching to get in and ask another one, but but I really want to. I really want to sort of dig into that a little bit more because the way I see it and I've spoken about this I think on this show before and some other podcast shows before as well is just you know I think this is such a unique opportunity for Indigenous culture to um, you know for Indigenous people not only to rediscover their own culture and have the sense of I guess pride and knowledge and certainty that comes with that uh, but also I think to be able to then teach that to other people and to be able to help non-Indigenous people through this knowledge of Indigenous culture and wisdom and tradition, I think is just something that is so incredibly uh, empowering. You know, I think there's an amazing message there where, um, you know, perhaps people who have been told, you know, that that their culture wasn't as useful or wasn't as, you know, advanced or whatever, uh, are now realising that actually, you know, our culture is incredibly wise, it's incredibly strong, it's incredibly intelligent, and we've got something to give. You know, I, I think that's just such an empowering message. Are you, are you seeing that in terms of, um, you know, a real empowerment of the Indigenous people going through your program? And I guess also, are you then seeing that in terms of real empowerment of people, non-Indigenous people outside of your program? Oh, absolutely. And I think from, you know, I think that's one of the things that uh, some some of our Aboriginal uh, practitioners are really finding is that finally there's a platform that, you know, that's internationally accredited that acknowledges, you know, that, uh, you know, our culture had a lot to offer the environment, our, our culture, but also the philosophies and the principles, you know, have a lot to offer the rest of, you know, not just the, the population of Australia, but the world. And the synergies, I mean, I was talking to a Native American uh, person the other day and they're like, oh, wow, finally, you know, here's something that we can actually use that can we can share to get people to understand, you know, our, our relationship 
relationship and you know our our connection philosophies to to the mother and then you know that's the beautiful thing about it is that that you know the, the cultural stories are they're they're the the bonuses whether you're Maori or you're Native American or you're from South Sudan or you're from you know Australia you know we all have our cultural stories so the fourteen elements that we teach about is that it doesn't matter how you see those fourteen elements culturally because the fourteen elements are always there you know they've always been there so. You know, we all have different stories for the sun or for the moon or for the tree or for the wind, you know, but at the end of the day, it's still that thing. It doesn't matter what we call it or how we see it or what the story is. It's still the very thing that exists in our environment. And that's, you know, a way of connecting non-Indigenous people to that because those things are connected to them as well. Ah, it's so great. It's so great. Jamie, um, people can obviously go to wayapa.com. So it's wayapa is spelled W-A-Y-A-P-A.com. And I think everyone listening to this is going to be absolutely fascinated. Like you take part in a number of different things. Obviously, you've got the workshops. So there's workshops at schools, corporates, in communities, individuals. You can do a diploma if you want to go and study it. There's scholarships available. There's already practitioners that are practicing wayapa, uh, which is awesome. But you've also got an online course. What will people learn in the online course, Jamie? Look, I think one of the things for us, you know, it was always going to be the challenge of sharing WAPA uh, from a from a face-to-face point of view was creating the the people out there to be able to share it. So having the online platform, we, we've got an introductory course into WAPA, which gives people that, that understanding of the, you know, one of the things that was said to me that I think with uh, some of the modalities over time is the, the teachings, you know, people are wanting that quick fix, they're going in, you know, they're not, you know, they're doing all these movements, not really understanding the movements or the benefits of them. And with YAPA, we want to make sure that people understand the, the principles and philosophies and what the movements are about. So the, the, the introductory course will give you that that, that taste of what it is, how it is, you know. And then obviously on our website we actually, you know, have where we have bios of our other practitioners so where people can actually, you know, like in Sydney or in Brisbane or in Western Australia or in Adelaide where other YAPA practitioners are where they can go and do short courses or six-week courses. And then obviously there's a diploma course where, you know, people can become an accredited YAPA instructor, which is, you know, it's quite amazing to think that, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, like I said, it's not taking away from yoga instructors or Tai Chi instructors or Chukul instructors, but to actually have an internationally accredited, an Australian accredited, um, you know, modality that can be taken. We've had it IP'd. Uh, we, you know, we can take it into countries. You know, we can take it to the states, to England, you know, to to India, to China. Where if you want to become a, a, if you want to open up a Waiapa studio in California, you know, there's a structure there for you to do that. Like it's, it's quite mind blowing, you know, to think of the potential of it if we could get get it out there to people to to connect to it. Oh, absolutely. And can kids do it as well, Jamie? Is is that possible? Oh, absolutely. Look, you know, this is the beautiful thing about WIAPA is that it can be taught at, you know, we I do it to four-year-old kids in, you know, kinders, you know, and you, you, you get them doing the movements, you get them talking about connectivity to the elements. You know, we can, you know, we, we've currently got two of our WIAPA instructors teaching it um, and sharing it in, in our prison systems here in Victoria to, to help people connect, you know, like there's so many different, so many different places and spaces that WIAPA is relevant. It's it's been amazing and and it's about I think from for me it's about 
bringing, you know, that connectivity and that wellness and that sustainability to the everyday person, not to see it as, um, you know, often people are seen as, you know, yogis or even, you know, conservationists as greenies or whatever, but this is actually about just the common person, me and you walking down the street, that, that people can connect to and go, well, that's not too far left for me. I get that. I can still be that and do that in this way. And I think that's why it's really resonating with people too. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to have you don't have to be a, a cloud floating, sun gazing, you know, God, you know, with zero carbon footprint, you know, and that's the other thing people are loving about it is that, you know, there's there's no seven key magic points you have to be to be way up. It's just about your own awareness and your own commitment to wanting to create a better space within yourself and within the environment around you. Yeah, so good, Jamie. Mate, thank you so much for joining us on the Wellness Guys show. It's been a real pleasure to have you chat and talk with us and educate us about uh, about Wayapa. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us, mate. And say hi to Sarah for us. It was, it was lovely to chat with you. I will do. She, she, yeah, look, she, she has been the amazing force behind driving all this. You know, she really has to have a lot of credit to, to see the vision and foresight. I would never have thought, you know, where I come from, <laughs> I come from a very, you know, uh, rough part of society, you know, had it pretty hard. But to think that, you know, I could be a part of, you know, creating a space that has a global could it, that that will have a global impact is what we're we're, we're dreaming for if people connect to it it's all because of her and um you know when she listens back to this i i hope she has this little shout out and understands the appreciation i have for her and for you guys to actually have us on to talk about it i think that you know we can't do this without a voice and you know podcasts like yourselves that are sharing these sort of wellness you know, practices with the world. It's about encouraging conversation. It's uh, very much appreciated. So thanks, Damo and Brett. It's been great. Good on you. Thanks so much, Jamie. Take care, mate. Cheers. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of The Wellness Guy Show. We hope you love the new feel. Remember to continue to interact with us and tell us what you thought of this and other episodes. Please head to facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Guys and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. This is the way that we get to share our message with the world. For more information about Bredo and all that he's up to, please head to drbredhill.com.au and to find out more about me, head to damienchristoff.com. Until we meet again, continue to bring wellness into your life and we'll join you next time on The Wellness Guy Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.